Hawks Insiders, home of quality analysis, special features, match recaps, interviews, and so much more. Follow us on Substack for extended coverage of all things brown and gold. Hi, everyone. Ashley Brown here. Welcome to Hawks Insiders Match Recap Podcast. If you like Brim listening, this is the place because for the next little while we're going to dissect a pretty ordinary eve- day into evening at the footy for the Hawks. Well beaten by the Gold Coast Suns, 14-1701 to 5-4-34 in front of a healthy 14,000 fans at Metricon Stadium or Heritage Bank Arena as it's now called, I think. Um, Danny Prince is my co-host this evening. Hello, Danny. Hey, Ash, um, didn't feel the need to roll out the full quartet uh, of hosts for this one. Well, Darren's punting around Mexico somewhere. Uh, we see a wedding. Brad said, no, thank you. So, I don't uh, blame him. And uh, none of your B team, I think, particularly keen to revisit this one either. So we'll just leave it to the two of us. We'll race through it. Not a whole lot to get excited about. I think it was uh, in the big picture. I, um, I wear... Fly with my other hat in the game like this, given where Hawthorne's at, I had no particular emotional investment in this game, unlike next week against Carlton, which is like a grand final for me. Um, and as someone who's worked in the AFL industry for a while and really wants the Suns to do well, I'm happy for the Suns to win. I mean, I want Suns to play finals um, sooner rather than later. I think it's a really good thing for footy and some really good people who work very hard. So... For that reason, I'm not overly stressed by the result. Didn't, you know, I could see it coming from late in the first quarter, actually. I thought the tide turned a bit. And uh, as I said, watch the game with it. had a great deal of emotional attachment for the rest of it. You? Yeah, I mean, yeah, like you said, I think the first 10, 15 minutes, the Hawks looked really good. And you thought, hang on a minute. And then in the last couple of, you know, last five, 10 minutes of that first quarter, there was... Just kicks hitting, missing targets, um, you know, just some sloppiness, general sloppiness, and you thought, oh, the writing's on the wall here a little bit. And um, we, when we've lost, other than a couple of games, we've lost, we've fallen away dramatically, and that clearly happened. So, yeah, look, I, I mean, probably I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lose my shit over a game like this, Ash. And I'm, oh, sorry for swearing on the podcast, but um, you know, I think, um, I think these young players young team off the bye, maybe a little bit comfortable with their last month of footy, which had been pretty decent other than a half against Port Adelaide. Um, you know, you're going to get these games and I, I sort of just put the emotional cue in the rack um, sort of ha- at half time even, and just thought, well, w- the things that we want to see is who stands up, who, who are the guys that um, say, well, you know, yeah, all right, everybody might be falling down around me, but I'm going to stand up and I'm going to fight. And, um, you know, there wasn't a lot, um, but I thought Will Day just enhanced his reputation and um, and that was a that was a positive for me. So I'd, I try to look for the positives out of most things. Uh, there wasn't a lot today. I thought Will Day was this clear standout positive out of that game. I, uh, before we started recording, had to listen to Sam Mitchell's press conference and then watched Will Day on the club video I think the players have braced themselves for fairly uh, hard review. I think, as Will Day said, the players, he's going to give it to a few players right between the eyes of the coach, and probably deservedly so. We'll unpack a bit of that over the next little while. So, um, from a disposal point of view, Hawthorne actually had more. It was 385 to 368 
180 handball. So the handball happy game continued. 180 to 116 might have gotten a bit of trouble this time. Inside 50s, however, it tells a tale. It takes 68 to 37 in Gold Coast's favour. Hawthorne, uh, 41% efficiency inside 50, 49% for Gold Coast. 20 free kicks, 11 Hawks actually had the rub of the green. Uh, where's Weesey when you need him? Um, hit outs, 36-26 in favour of the Suns. Uh, clearances, 37-28 to them. 12-7 to centre clearances. Um, contested possessions, dead even, 127 each. 85 turnovers by Hawthorne. Uh Marks inside 50, 16 to 5, also fairly telling. I think Marks general, 128 to 82. 11 contested marks for four. Um, that is a 45 to 40 tackles Hawthorne's way, but tackles inside 450, interesting, 15 to 2. Not that the ball went down there all that often, but uh, only two tackles inside 50. That would be a, a major disappointment, I think. The ball exited when did get in there it exited far too easily let's go to the players and let's hope the app does the right thing because it usually freezes when i try and click on the players um we will start with um hawthorne uh we will start with mitch lewis 15 disposals seven kicks eight handballs four marks two goals both in the first quarter uh he had uh, five contest possessions. He had um, two score involvements, one contested mark. It was a beauty, that contested mark too. Um, three inside 50s. Really, it's hard to judge the forwards because the ball just didn't get down there much. He looked dangerous early, um, but then the Suns got on top all over the ground and he was fairly star for opportunities. And I think he was playing the ruck for a while. Once Meek went off, Danny, I think they had, he did, he might have done, even done a bit of, uh, might have done a bit of ruck work even. He definitely looked like he's he up the ground anyway. higher up the ground and getting the ball more on the wing, which is, you know, I think when you're a tall forward and the ball was so far away from him, you've just got to go find it, don't you? So, um, look, I'm I'm probably not going to give too many players passes today. I think um, Mitch Lewis gets one, and, and I think he gets one purely based on what he did when he actually had opportunities. Um Early on in the game, he looked like he was going to kick a bag. Um, kick two, missed one out on the full from uh, on the side of the point post um, and, you know, looked like the dominant big man that he is. And then we just couldn't get the ball down to him with any sort of um, – in any sort of advantageous position. And yeah, I think – No speed. No speed. And when we did kick it, we just bombed it on his head. And 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 like you said, every time it went in, it slung shot back out quicker than we could say whatever. So um yeah, I'll give him I'll give Lewis a five, and it's purely because of what he did when he was given opportunities to actually do something. John Newcomb, 20 disposals, 10 and 10, three marks, eight tackles. He had 80% disposal efficiency, 11 contested possessions. Five turnovers, four intercept possessions. He had um, two score involvements. 309 metres gained, two clearances. One of those was a centre clearance. Five inside 50s. 13 centre bounce attendances. Uh, I thought, again, you know, he was he worked hard, prominent early. Um, didn't do a whole lot like his teammates for the rest of the game. Um, couple of uh, disappointing kicks at one stage he was in the clear. When the game was still up for grabs at once, I think it was in the third quarter, he got in the clear and uh, 
ran towards goal and it was a terrible kick. You know, he could have uh, he could kicked the goal and it would have kept Hawthorne close. So I'm giving him a five. Yeah, and and I, and I agree. I, I think the only thing um, that saved him was his pressure around the ball. Um, he had he led us for tackles with eight, and he had 21 pressure acts. And um, you know, his physical presence was there. He didn't. He was part of a midfield unit that none of them had clean hands. Um, none of them, you know, when we won our um, clearances, whether they be center clearances or or just stoppage clearances, we seemed to win them when and there was pressure on our midfielders when we were breaking free with the clearance so that was like pushed forward or shoved forward or shunted forward it wasn't clean but when we lost them um more often than not um it gave the gold coast a free run and free ball inside their forward 50 to spot up a leading forward so um we needed we need to do a bit of work in that midfield unit after today, because um, there was a clear differential in the quality of clearances for the Suns compared to what we got. So um, Newcomb was part of that midfield unit that got pretty comprehensively beaten, but um, he was far from our worst today. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Jarman Impey, 29 disposals, 20 and nine, six marks, three tackles, 72% disposal efficiency, six contested possessions, Seven turnovers, six intercept possessions, two score involvements, um, 545, four, five meters gained, um, six rebound fifties, Danny. Um, look, it's, I'll, I'll give, I'll give Jars a pass. Um, I'll give him five, but I, I actually thought he was pretty, pretty ordinary for, for large parts and, and, and uncharacteristically missing targets like by hand and foot and he, the seven turnovers speak, speak to that. Um, 72% disposal efficiency. I think I'm actually surprised by, I thought he would be under that. Um, and he was, he, he was, he dropped marks. He wasn't alone. Um, it was like they were playing with the dewy ball, the Hawks and the Suns weren't. Um, so yeah, look, just a five. I mean, the, I think what we need to sort of um, provide sort of some context. So these, these stats are going to lie a little bit, or they're at least misleading uh, across so the board. Hawthorne got so much of the ball. We had so much of the football, but it wasn't quality football. It was chipping it around. It was a lot of pressured handballs or chip kicks um, that then we had to get back out of trouble that we got in ourselves into trouble. So there's the high possessions, um, but not a lot of really good quality possessions. So, um, I mean, we'll come to Blake Hardwick later, but he had 38 touches, but I didn't think he was good at all. Mm. Um, so, yeah, anyway, um, five for Jars and that's about it. James Warple, 28 disposals, 12 and 16, two marks, one tackle, uh, 68% disposal efficiency, 11 contested possessions, Eight turnovers, there you go, sort of par for course, really. Three to set possessions, one score involvement, 402 metres gained, uh, one centre, four stoppage clearances, 14 centre bounce attendances. Again, worked hard but didn't do any damage at all with the ball. The eight turnovers sort of tells a story, as it does for him often, Admired his industry, not so much his effectiveness today. So I'd give him a four. 
Yeah, I think that's I think that's fair. I, I think um, I think Mick said in in response to Mick Cowan said in response to one of my tweets, he said he thought he was our best midfielder, and he's probably right um, in terms of endeavour and effort. Um, but execution just let him down, and it let a lot of our players down today. Mm. Ned Reeves uh, had seven disposal, took a mark, had a tackle. He had seventy one percent disposal efficiency. 67 possessions were contested. He had uh, six metres gained for Big Noodle, um, 16 set of bounce attendances, 48 ruck contests, 15 hitouts. Um, didn't impose himself on the game. No, he got absolutely towed um, by Jared Witts. Both he and Meek did. Um, uh <laughs> Very look, I was really disappointed with with Reeves' output. Um, he his his one wood is his is his ruck craft, and um, Wits took him to the cleaners. Um, he doesn't give us anything around the ground. Uh, he doesn't mark the football for a man of his size anywhere near enough. Uh, he doesn't impose himself physically. Um, I am starting to have questions as to what his ceiling actually really looks like. And um, I think I said this a couple of weeks ago, I think if and when Max Ramston comes on, I think there might be more uh, more in the future of a, a Meek and Ramston partnership than there is in a Reeves and Ramston partnership, purely because um, Reeves just does not look nimble enough to play full games of AFL football. And uh, I think he got exposed today. And and look, Wits is not uh, a, an agile, fluid mover, but he just killed him everywhere. So um, I give Noodle a two and a half. Dan Frost at nine touches, uh, four kicks, five handballs, two marks, two tackles, 78% disposal efficiency, two turnovers, six intercept possessions, 94 metres gained. Uh Four rebound fifties. Hardly noticed Frosty today. Um, I think it looked to me that Blank was mainly playing on Ben King. Um, so Frosty was taking um Casbolt, I guess, who was yep. down there. Casbolt was fairly busy and was the old Carlton Casbolt today with his kicking. He his kicking let him down. Otherwise he would have had a fantastic game. Um, so yeah, can't give Frosty a pass mark on the day. I'll give him a, a uh, I'll give him a four. Yeah, and I, I just want to highlight the Brisbane game with no Sam Frost. I think I said it to you part way through the game. We were sitting next to each other, and and I turned around and said, "I feel so calm when the ball's in our back line today." Um, and you know, there wasn't that hearty mouth feeling. There's a pure, there was one play in the game, and I, I think anybody that watched the game will remember it because it's it's etched into my mind where he he won a ball, Sam Frost, and then he handballed at 30 meters to a Gold Coast player, which who did not have a Hawthorne player anywhere near him, and it turned back over, and I think they had an attack on goal, and then he um, he even pulled out of a contest against David Swallow late in the I think it was either the third or the fourth quarter, and um, and and you just thought, well, his generally his aggression is his forte, and he likes to make a contest and go hard, and he didn't even really want to do that. So um, yeah, I. I thought he was very poor. And I mean, if that's the output we're going to get from Sam Frost, you may as well put in Denver Granger Brass. Well, we'll discuss that more during the week, I think. But um, 
Sam Mitchell did seem to indicate on his SEN interview on Friday that uh, DGB will play in the next three weeks. The, the Sicily suspension will op- op- open the door for DGB, who I think from bits of the Gold Coast in-house broadcast that passed for the VFL broadcast on the AFL app today for the bit I, bit I saw. I'm not talking about that on uh, the spaces this week. What a disgrace that was. Um I think uh, he played quite well. Well, certainly the first half, they'll be known for yeah, I mean, they got, in the second yeah, half. They got towed in the second, didn't they? Like this, but the AFL game. But I saw him take one contested mark when I was doing some shopping at Southland. Uh, had a break while Mandy was closed shopping. I had put the phone on and saw DJ take a very nice contested mark. So we'll see. Carl Amon, 18 disposals, 14 and four, three marks, two tackles, 67% disposal efficiency. Uh, two contested possessions, three turnovers, one intercept possession, uh, two score involvements, one goal assist, uh, 415 metres gained. Um, just a meh game, I think, as in MEH. Yeah, um, nothing to write home about. I, I'd give him a four. Um, I He had no discernible impact on the game today. But look... In saying that, he was not, he was not on his not own. There were, there were a lot of people that had no discernible impact on the game, but he was definitely one of them. Connor Ash started like a house on fire. Um, ended up with 24 disposal, 15 and 9, one mark, four tackles, 54% disposal efficiency. Um, uh, he had 14 contested possessions, seven turnovers, two intercept possessions. He had... Um, 386 metres gained. He had 18 centre bounce attendances. Um, I thought he had, yeah, it 10 clearances, three centre, seven stoppage. Um, he was going his left, he's hit his left foot a lot today, Connor Nash. I couldn't quite work that out why. I don't know whether that was the Gold Coast were trying to force him onto his left foot or he's trying that, what have you. Yeah, if he could stop that. What's that, if he could stop that, that'd be great. Don't, yeah. don't do that. Don't kick on your left. Yeah, started like house on fire. Um, faded. Um, I may have been generous here just because uh, a bit of hard work there and some not in fairly good clearance numbers. I'll give him a five. Yeah, I, I would agree. And and look, you know, ten clearances, no matter what game you're playing, is a, is a, a fair effort. So from the clearance perspective alone, it's it's a five. He had he had three inside 50s and six rebound 50s as well. So the work rate was there. And I don't think the work rate was there for a lot of Hawks today. Uh, there was a lot of witch's hat stuff happening um, where every time the ball hit the deck in any contest, the first, second and third player near the contest were, were Gold Coast players. So um, Nash, Nash worked his worked, worked his socks off and, um, you know, it didn't all work, but... Um, you can't fault the endeavour of Connor Nash. So I'm, I'm with you there, Ash. Will Day, 29 disposals, 14 and 15, nine marks, four tackles, 74% uh, defensive half, 86% disposal efficiency. Um, he had uh, nine contested possessions, one goal assist, two score involvements. He had all his marks uncontested, 450 metres gained. 19 centre bounce attendances, um, five rebound 50s, three inside 50s, four tackles, two stoppage and one centre clearance. Um, clearly Hawthorne's best player uh, today. He probably gets the, he'll get, I'm sure, certainly he'll get the 
biggest mark. He, the only Hawthorne player who I think would even be a chance to get a coach's vote. Um, loved his game. They put him back for a while in the second quarter. I think and I'll put it on Twitter. I call him Will Sisley on Twitter at one stage because I think for a while they wanted to play the Sisley role, trying to be they didn't intercept defender, which he did pretty well. He took about three needed, or four needed, intercept marks in yeah, that passage. But they needed two of him today. They yeah. wanted him down back and they wanted him in, in the midfield. There was only one will day. Thought he was terrific. Um, for me, he will get an eight. Yeah, and I'm with you there. I was weighing up between a seven and a half and an eight. Um, absolute shining light for this team. Um, led by example. Only one that really used the ball really well consistently by hand and foot too. Um, so, yeah, well done to Will Day because it is not easy to be, you know, one of very few good players in a team that gets soundly beaten. So um, he can hold his head up high, but um, based on his uh, post-match comments, I don't think it matters too much to him, and I think that's an even better sign. Yeah, no, well played, Will Day. HIs Will Day, just quietly. Uh, Dylan Moore. Acting captain, seven disposals, nine and eight, one mark, six tackles, kicked a goal, the first goal of the game, which was, I thought it was the first goal, the second goal, he kicked a goal first. first, which was fantastic as the acting captain, as he lived out his childhood dream, 88% disposal efficiency, six contested possessions, uh, three turnovers, two intercept possessions, two score involvements, 252 metres gained. He had, uh, even went to the centre square for two bounces, which... We don't see a lot of him these days. Um, worked his guts out, but didn't have didn't play particularly well. No, it was a little bit like early season Dylan Moore. Um, other than the goal, um, worked so hard, and you you he is one you'll never question the endeavor of. Um, he's always he will put his heart and soul into whatever he does. He had twenty nine pressure acts, which was considerably more than the next best at 21 for the Hawks. So, um, you know, he was working, um, but it just didn't work for him. Um, and, you know, I think that's probably indicative of a lot of our players that didn't work for them today, but at least he was trying to make a difference, even if it didn't pay off. This one will be interesting. Jack Scrimshaw, 31 disposals, 19 and 12, 11 marks. He had 90% disposal efficiency. He had eight contested possessions. Three turnovers, eight intercept possessions, 11, uh, so one contested mark, 419 metres gained, seven rebound 50s. Um, what about, I'm trying to find his uh, three turnovers, eight intercept possessions. Got a lot of the footy, um, but the the, clangers were, the the turnovers were bad. I think I remember one or two of them were just bad. Just bad yep. kicks. Yep. Um, yep. So we, how do you weigh up? Got a lot of the footy. We'll have the same conversation about uh, Blake Hardwick next, but got a lot of the footy. The ball's down there a lot. So by necessity, got a lot of the ball, but didn't really impact the game. Yeah. Look, I, I actually had him as one of my positives, um, but I want to sort of expand on that a little bit. I, I th I think that the the coaching staff won't be happy with the laconic nature or the laconic attitude that he showed at diff at various times. There was a couple of times he went one-handed, a couple of times he could have kicked a ball and didn't and got caught or um got the ball smothered. 
Um, and he just looked like, he looked slightly, a little bit like a lot of our players on our team, slightly disinterested at times. Um, but when he did get it, I mean, he uses the ball so well generally. Uh, and, you you know, if you're going to have it in the hands of somebody coming out of defensive 50, if, you know, if he or CJ or Lockie Bramble or whoever it is that's playing in a similar role gets gets it 31 times, you probably want it to be him. Um, the, the, the other issue was, when we did win it in the back line, um, there wasn't many options. We didn't spread well at all after the first 15 minutes of the game. So there was not a lot to kick to. So, you know, it's a bit of chicken and the egg stuff, isn't it, Ash? Like, is it his fault for his sort of delaying his kick and then getting smothered or or, or turning it over? Or is it the, the midfielders and the forwards' fault for not spreading to positions where they can receive it? It's a little bit of both, I think, six or one, half a dozen the other. So for me, I'm going to give him a six, and that might be controversial, but I actually thought they they, they asked him to play on Jack Lukosius. Um, Scrimshaw should not be playing on a legitimate key position forward. I don't think that's his, his, his go. Um, but to get, to get it 31 times and have 11 marks, I think is a fair effort. Blake Hardwick, 38, as well as, as we mentioned, 20 and 18, eight marks. He um, went at 76% disposal efficiency. Uh, he had nine turnovers, 12 intercept possessions. He had 10 contested possessions. 561 metres gained. He had uh, two one percenters. As I look down here, he had um, seven kick-in, six kick-in play on. I'm going to give this on to you because you were quite critical of him. Um, yeah, this, yeah. Heavy numbers, but uh, analyse his game. Hollow numbers for me, Ash. Um, this is the one where more so than Scrimshaw, I, I actually felt Hardwick was pretty ordinary. I, I'm not even going to give him a pass. Um, that might be, I don't know, come at me if you want, but I'm going to give him a four. Um, and I'm going to give him a four because I thought he did some really uncharacteristically poor stuff. Like nine turnovers is a hell of a lot of turnovers for Blake Hardwick, who is normally so clean and composed and and play such a simplified game. Um, but I thought, you know, again, a bit like Impey dropped marks he should have taken, um, missed targets by foot. He went the barrel a couple of times out of a out of a kick-in and just completely munged it. And you were just like, what are you doing, mate? Like without Sicily in the back line, he and Sam Frost are our two most experienced and composed backmen in inverted commas. Um, and and we just didn't get that from them today. So even though he had 38 disposals, which I would ha have to think is a career high, he's not getting a pass from me. He's getting four. Um, your thoughts on that, maybe? Yeah, I, I agree with you on that. I don't think it was particularly, you know, if he got the ball a lot, but it's just, it's just he's got the ball again. Didn't hurt the opposition with the, with the, the footy, some boneheaded decisions. Was running around as a headless truck half the time. He, sometimes the ball just got to him. Just by accident, but I, yeah, I don't think he particularly played a particularly great game. We're big fans of him here, and we're always railing on about how underappreciated, underrated he is. But uh, today, not one of his better games, despite the the numbers. Um, Lockie Bramble, sixteen disposals, the odd fire early. In fact, look at the third quarter; he had the first quarter he had six, but then it was six, four, three, and 
three in the last. So he just had a pretty uh, average day for Lockie Brambles. Also, all up, it was 16 disposal, 13 three, um, 69% disposal efficiency, two contested possessions, two turnovers, three intercept possessions, kicked it behind, took eight marks, 324 meters gained. Um, 40, again, like a number of players, played real. Good early, made up a lot of ground. One stage I saw, you know, he had the ball in the back line and then moments later he was deep in the forward line as part of an attacking thrust. I thought, well, he's on today. But again, like just so many, faded. After quarter time, he seems to be in the crosshairs of a lot of Hawthorne supporters who think he should be the first one out of the side um, with a couple of players at Box Hill who could, you know, who are itching and breaking down the door to get picked. I think he might be in trouble Next week, I gave him a four. Yeah, that's fair. And look, um, I don't, I'm not, not a basher of any of our our players, but I would like to see Josh Ward playing instead of Lockie Bramble on the wing next week. That's all I'll say. Well, you know, we've got the rest of the week to talk about this, and our space has been on Wednesday night week before selection, so we can probably have this debate quite heavily on the spaces, but. Uh, Josh Ward is playing so well at the moment. He's just he's showing he's too good for VFL level now. So he's got they've got to get him to the side and find a role for him. And I think against Carlton, which is not the quickest team going around next week at the MCG, I just cannot see any way that he's not in the side next week. He has, has to, to come in, has to come in and play. Um, and Bramble may be the one who makes way for him. Um, Lloyd Meek had two disposals. Um, <laughs> Zeros and ones. He had a, 50, one very 50, effective hip and shoulder. One very effective hip and shoulder that Fox Footy within eight seconds on Twitter said he might be in trouble for. Um, there was it was a it was a hip and shoulder. The initial contact was to the ribs shoulder. There was a bit of head contact towards the end. Was there head contact or was it more whiplashy? I didn't see. Um, maybe oh, I need well, to see more. Yeah. He plays for Hawthorne, therefore there's yeah. head contact. He's got the so, Sicily tax. Give him two Sicily, weeks. Sicily tax, two weeks. We won't be seeing him for two weeks. Uh, it'll be looked at. I hold no, given how Hawthorne have been, I'm against some of the very uh, subjective journals at the moment, given how Hawthorne's been reamed by the uh, AFL judicial processes this year, I hold no great Confidence that Lloyd Merck will be playing next week. Oh, it's a lottery anyway. Take out the Hawthorne bias or the Hawthorne, yeah. you know, whatever. You just look yeah. at the MRO as a whole and it's a lottery anyway. So he could get two weeks. He could get off. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah, 11 hit outs. He had 23 ruck contests. He had six set abouts, attendances. Uh, and he's a tactical sub. He subbed out in the third quarter as a tactical sub with Sam Butler coming on. Uh, give it a number. We'll move on. Uh, two. Two. <laughs> right. Luke Bruce, eight disposals, five kick three handballs, four marks, one tackle, kick two goals, the last two goals of the game for Hawthorne. Um, he had three contested possessions, three turnovers, two score involvements, which were his two goals. Um, two marks inside 50, 183 metres gained. Um... I would say about Luke Bruce that, you know, he just got two goals just because he's he was just about the smartest, most experienced player out there. But we know Bruce will be games where he struggles to get, you know, 
to get involved in the contest in a big way. Uh, might just go in the end for a couple for goals. That was that sort of day for him today. Absolutely. And I think, um, you know, in the previous sort of month, uh, we've seen the combination of Brockman and Butler um, be able to give us a little bit more presence um, in the forward line and uh, in terms of defensive presence and uh, keeping the ball in or at least making um, opposition backmen accountable um, multiple times. And look, this is not, I'm not slighting Luke Bruce, who's an absolute champion of our football club, but multiple times um, Gold Coast Suns defenders ran off him with little to no pressure. Now, understanding at his age and, you know, his legs, he, he doesn't have that ability to go with the quicker players in the game. But um, yeah, that's that's going to hurt the Hawks while he's still playing. But I think there's there's a tipping point where we're not at yet, um, where that is more of a hindrance than the goals and the experience that he brings. But um, we're not there. Uh, but this was a this was a rough one for Bruce. I, I mean, uh, I'd I'd give him a four. You can't play on Daniel Rich every week. Um, That's right. The Jake, only man slower than him in the <laughs> AFL. Jacob Kaczynski, six touches. Two kicks, four handballs, uh, one behind for the day. Um, not much else to report. Uh, he had two score involvements, took two marks, both uncontested, one mark inside 50. Um, he went four ruck contests. He also had a bit of time in the ruck later on once Meek went off the ground. Um, missed a couple that he could should have kicked. Um one in particular in the first quarter would have been handy goal to give him a thing, a three or four goal buffer. The one he missed at the time was a chance to really make an early impression on the game. Would have made a big difference to the result in the end, but this was back to the old uh, hand, uh, feet of cement. Yeah, concrete hands, hands concrete, of concrete, feet hands of, of slate. Concrete, feet of slate. And uh, for that, I give him a three and a half. Yeah, fair. Um. This one will be interesting. Cam uh, McKenzie, 16 disposals, 4 and 12, one mark, one tackle, um, 75% defensive half, 62% disposal efficiency. He had two turnovers, no intercept possessions, two contested possessions, took one mark, 127 metres gained, uh, one centre bounce attendance. Um, he's going to be a player, but he just ambled around today and it was all a bit too physical for him. Didn't really hurt. You know, he, he's got. You know, he's a player that the Hawthorne players love steaming out of the middle with the ball in hand, but wouldn't see much of that today. He was bashed around a bit by the bigger Suns midfielders. Brad has him already pegged as being uh, playing for Box Hill next week. Um, what do you think? Um, so I watched this game at home on the couch with my, my father, who's down, uh, was down from Darwin uh, this weekend. And um, the comment, the conversation we had around McKenzie is he makes all of his decisions when he's on the ball already. He He's not a step or two ahead. Now that's pretty common for young players when they step up a, a grade, especially a grade from um, NAB league or Coates league football to the AFL. He stepped up a couple of grades the pace of the game really caught him out and it has a few times. Uh, he is somebody that 
um, we want the ball in the hands of because when he's got time and space, he uses the ball beautifully by foot. But when he is rushed, he gets caught or he coughs it up. He panics a little bit. And that's just inexperience and and, and a bit of naivety of, of, of how to operate at the highest level. So um, I, I'd give him a four. Um, I wouldn't be adverse to him having a couple of weeks at Box Hill if that's the direction the Hawks wanted to go down at the same and 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 look why i would say that is because i think in the next couple of weeks we need to give cooper stevens a, a run in the afl team um and i think he's older more experienced still young but a bit more experienced at the highest level and at box hill um he would be able to make those decisions quicker and have more of a proactive um, you know, approach to the game. Um, but Mackenzie will learn these things. These are not easy. These are not hard things to, to develop. Once you get accustomed to the pace, um, he, he will be absolutely fine. So, you know, to get his hands on it 16 times a fair effort, uh, you'd like to see him getting it a little bit more in, in places where he can damage with, with the foot. Uh, Sam Butler came on as the tactical sub in the last quarter. Seven disposals, three and four. Um, he had uh, one contested, seven uncontested possessions. He had three turnovers, 78 metres gained. Not a whole lot to report from him. Um, as a sub, some say we're shooting him for ranking. I'll say he, I'll give him a three just because he was on the ground, but not much else to report. Connor McDonald. Another one who quite a game. We had the breakout game. Was it against? It was against Brisbane, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yep, magnificent against Brisbane. But this is a much quieter game from him. Thirteen disposals, four and nine, three marks. He had five contested possessions. He had um, one turnover, two intercept possessions, one score involvement, hundred forty-five meters gained. Just didn't impose himself on the game. Nearly invisible. No, nah, and and when he did get opportunities early, he was fumbly. Uh, he didn't use it that that well. And look, you know, again, it's nothing to be concerned about because young players will have ups and they'll have downs. And and we know that these guys, McKenzie, McDonald, Brockman, Butler, when they get to 50, 60 games, they're going to be um, very, very good players. But um, it's hard to see these young guys playing well when the rest of their teammates don't. So, um, you know, Connor didn't have a great day at the office um, and it would have been great to see him back up his Brisbane Lions breakout performance um, against the other team from Queensland this week, but it didn't happen and move on to the next one. But I, I, I wouldn't be moving him out of the team because I think he is going to bounce back pretty quickly. Yeah. Oh, his uh, game against Brisbane buys him plenty of time and seen this yeah. just didn't play well today. Yeah. And a three and a half for me. Tyler Brockman. Nine disposals, four and five, two marks, um, 67% disposal efficiency, two contested possessions, two turnovers, two score involvements, 165 metres gained. Um, again, there's another player, just ball starvation corner for a bit, him uh, this evening, the ball, not there a lot. He, he laced a beautiful pass to someone in the second to quarter. To Cozzy, who yeah. of course didn't kick the goal, but yeah. um, there's a little bit of brilliance there, but um, bit bit of uh, bit of verbal as well. He got uh, he got into it with a couple of the Suns players at one stage, flew the flag quite nicely, um, but again, a pretty ordinary day for him. I would give him a three. Yeah, I think that's I think that's fair. I think 
you know, especially young small forwards in a game where you get starved of opportunities, that's the toughest position to play in a game you're getting smashed. So um, I feel sorry for those guys. Um, Yeah, but a three is fair. James Blank had uh, nine disposals all in the back half, of course. 67% 67 disposal efficiency, one turnover, six intercept possessions. Um, He had... um, 10 one percenters, one tackle. He was on uh, Ben King for most of the game. How many goals did Ben King kick in the end? Uh, I think it was two goals, two from 12 disposals, um, Ben King. I think James Blank might have um, hit Ben King in the back of the back of the head or the or the arms more times than he touched the footy on, on <laughs> Sunday afternoon. Um, look, I, I liked that he made King earn everything that he got. Old-fashioned backman. Yeah, like so old-fashioned, right? Like to the point where he kind of looks out of his depth all the time, but just sort of kind of makes it effective. Um, uh, I'm still not convinced that he's the long-term option for the big, big forwards. I don't know whether he's got the fluidity of movement to be able to go with somebody who is as fluid as Ben King is on the ground and in the air. Um but he so don't have the same confidence ball in hand as a lot of other key defenders in the competition. That's the other thing. He's purely no, a gating player at the moment. Correct. Yeah, you, you kind of hope he gets like five disposals or less because um, it just limits the sort of hardy mouth moments. Um, but look, he definitely wasn't disgraced in a team that kicked 100 points. The fact that Ben King only kicked 2-2. Two, two, um, yeah, I, I'm not going to give him a pass ash but i'd give him i'd give him a four i thought he was i thought he tried hard which you know we're afl players we don't want to just be giving him scores for trying josh weddle had uh 10 disposals he had nine of them checking he had nine of them by half time Six and four, four marks, two tackles, 82% defensive half, 80% disposal efficiency, four marks, as I said, one contested, three uncontested, 161 metres gained, um, two one percenters. Now, what the TV doesn't allow you to do is it's emerged that in the last few weeks, they've given Weddle jobs every week, even just for a quarter on a player. And they've given and Sam tried out some examples recently. One of them was he kept um, Brad Hill without a stat or without a touch when he ran with for a quarter. I can't remember what his job was against the, the Lions last time around. And we certainly know what he did in that uh, second half against Port Adelaide when he was Hawthorne's best player. As they sort of reverse some the uh, the scoreboard damage. So we're big fans of Josh Weddle, and he started. Said he started really well. He was very influential early, but faded badly. After halftime, this is the uh, this is what I have with with the, it's the sort of day that we get with young players. Can't possibly give him a pass mark on his form today, um, so I'll give give him a three. What do you think? Yeah, I think it's I think it's he his. But we pro- don't know. So, sorry, but sorry, drop it for what I was saying earlier. We don't know whether he's given a job. It's very hard to work out. The, the commentator certainly didn't say that he had a job on anyone, so we just don't know. No, that's right. But the commentators were nothing short of atrocious in in that game as well. So even well, they had the I same view that they had the same view that we did. Yeah, I mean that we were all in Melbourne, weren't we? So um, look, I think 
I think with with Weddle, his game was so indicative of why it's so much better, obviously, for a young player to be playing in a team that's um, performing reasonably because in the first 15 minutes, he was fantastic and his run and his carry and his dare was great. But the team stopped and he stopped. He's good. He's really good when we allow him to use his pace and endurance and, um, you know, his power um, and, you know, we we played such a stop-start game after quarter time. That does not suit Josh Weddle. That's not, that's not the sort of football he wants to play. It's not the sort of football Sam Mitchell wants to play. So, um, yeah, it's unfortunate that he had one touch after halftime and that's not what you want to see. But um, the, there's still, if you're, if you're looking for silver linings, the first quarter, uh, especially, there was still some really, you know, quality... Um, little moments that you go, okay, that's um, you can see, you can see that Josh Weddle is going to be a very good player. Um, I just don't know where he ends up, Ash. I think that's probably the biggest question right now in terms of what type of player does he end up becoming, you know, when he's in his fully formed phase. Do you reckon next week, and we'll talk about this again later in the week, given that it's a learning curve, it's a learning season for him and a development season for the club if you're Sam Mitchell do you say we're going to put you on Charlie Curnow for a quarter why not what have you got to lose like yeah. absolutely give it a crack oh, and I think he because he will he be would... he won't be as good as Curnow but he no. physically he will be he will be the physical equal of Charlie Curnow in a few years time yeah absolutely and and I and I think he is the sort of competitor from everything we've seen about Josh in um, his short time at the Hawks and everything that I heard when I did the deep dive interview into mm. him as a person, speaking to his junior coaches, um, competitive beast, you know, competitive beast. So if you turned around and you said, Josh, we've got a job for you, it's on probably the best key forward in the competition, um, see how you go first quarter. Yeah, love it. I mean, it doesn't matter if Kerno kicks four, you know, who cares? Mm. Um, oh, him, Carlton, but yeah. Well, I mean, like, uh, yeah, <laughs> personal biases or or, or hatred aside, <laughs> um, you know, it doesn't really matter. You know, as long if we kick more than what Kerno does, he could he could kick their whole score for all I care. Yeah, can't see what what he does with with uh, well next week because he's got a couple of options there for him. Uh, finally, it is um and Kate Simpson as well being the, the his line coach at Hawthorne known Carlton pretty well he'll what he what he does what he decides where Weddle can best be deployed, deployed next week will be really fascinating absolutely part of that game Shammy Mitchell the pride of Robinvale good to see afl.com getting onto the case a couple weeks after Hawks Insiders with a, a if you haven't read it yet a really good profile piece on on Shams Mitchell on the afl official website Quite a few uh, double ups from our our pieces, but anyway. Uh, 24 disposals, 13 and 11, six marks, three tackles, 92% defensive half, 62% disposal efficiency. He had nine turnovers, which is pointing for Seamus. He's been pretty good at ball in hand, eight inset possessions, uh, 380 meters gained, three tackles, um, took a kick in, not much else to say, probably not one of his. Sort of hope he played well today because the Rising Star nomination for the week could have been his. It was intimated in in um, 
Josh Gablich's piece that it'll probably be coming before the end of the season. I suspect it will, but might be hard to justify after that performance. Yeah, and and yet I didn't think I didn't. I'm actually going to give him a pass, Mark Ash. Um, I actually thought there was a couple of times, yeah, that he failed to pick a ball up that was a, a grubber ball on the ground, and and Malcolm Roses kicked a couple of late goals to to make his stats look uh, a lot better than what they were. But the floodgates were well and truly open then. Um, what I liked about Seamus was he took on more daring kicks than just about all of our team um, in the in the second half of the game. They didn't all come off, um, but I like the fact that, especially after speaking to him a few weeks ago, he talked about how he had lost all confidence in his body and his ability at a certain phase, stage of his um, AFL career and that it was re-given to him by his coaches and especially Andy Collins as his mentor coach. And... Um, and you can see that, right? Because like there was a couple of times he tried to kick it on his left and failed miserably, but there were a couple of, he's a beautiful right foot kick of the footy. And there were a couple of piercing kicks that he hit in, in quick succession. I think it might've been in the uh, second quarter when we were backs against the wall already. And, and I just thought, yeah, they were, they were confident and ballsy kicks to take in the context of the game. And when everybody else was trying to play it safe. So um, I'm going to give him a five and a half. Um, and look, there will be there. He might split opinions this week. There'll be people that think he was really poor. Um, I probably have a bit of a bias with Seamus Mitchell, but I, I still liked a lot. And if you compare him to all the other 10 and under game players that played in this match for Hawthorne, I think he was the best by a considerable margin. The thing with Hawthorne, they're going to live and die a little bit by the performances of their first and second year players. They just have so many of them. They've got so many of them and too many of them uh, were first year players in the true sense of the word today. Yeah. Fail to fight. There's not enough that in order for them to win the first and second year players, a lot of them have to play really good games and best ever games, that sort of thing, which is what happened in the Brisbane game with players like Conor McDonald. That didn't happen uh, today against the Gold Coast, hence the result that we got. The coach um, probably couldn't do a whole lot, really. I think the writing was on the wall in the second, uh, as I said, probably early in the second quarter, the writing started to be on the wall. Certainly was quite em- embraced the fact that, that was they studied the other buy teams and teams come for the buy and uh, had prepared accordingly. Well, that didn't quite work out. So he talked, he walked the uh, talk, talk, Sammy, but didn't quite walk the walk. Although a lot of that was out of his control. Well, I would possibly push back on it because they, the Hawks started so well. Um, so they were pointing the press. It was up. They've been blown away a lot in state games early. Yeah, and they, well. they were up for it early and they looked good and the commentators were talking, you know, here we go. And, um, and, and, you know, I was, I was thinking, oh, we might actually be on it. And I didn't have a good feeling about this game. Um, I feel like we don't play well against the Gold Coast generally. Um, I still have nightmares of that game in the territory. Was that last year? Last year. Um, yeah. Which I just cannot get that out of my head. Um, but but yeah. Hawthorne took them to cleaners in Tassie later in the year. So. Yeah, it's like we don't play well in the northern hemisphere, uh, only in the southern, or the northern half of Australia, north, I should say. North side. North half of Australia, northern hemisphere, idiots. Um, but yeah, um, 
I I think Sam had them up and ready to go. And, and you know, the perfect goal, first goal kicker in Dylan Moore, first game as captain. Um, you know, if you saw the, I think it was a Channel 9 um, little mini interview they had with him, how he talked about it. it was his childhood dream to captain the Hawks and lead them out onto the ground. And, you know, if that's not going to pick you up, then what what does? And, um, and, and it just fell away really, really quickly. And when it fell away, it fell away fast. And, um, yeah, I think... Mitchell will be really disappointed. He'll be looking for answers as to why the drop-off in intensity from the sort of first 10, 15 minutes to the rest of the game was so drastic. Um, and and like with young, inexperienced teams, like it's there's no point crying over spilt milk. There's no point getting too up in arms about a, a heavy loss. But what they'll be looking for is what were some of the things that they can change for the next time they're in a tough situation like that to ensure that you know, the dam wall doesn't burst completely and they can limit the damage. Um, they got to get that gap between their best and the worst um, far closer. Yeah, today was uh, probably bottom three performances for the year, along with the Port Adelaide and uh, say Geelong. I think uh, that was down there with those. Oh, City was pretty bad too. So maybe top four. Bom- Bombers <laughs> was wasn't Bombers wasn't very good either. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, when the Hawks are bad, they're horrid. And, and today was the day. But the, they're as bad as it's been for big parts of the year. Thankfully, there is an upside. They are not West Coast. Um, that is an upside. If that is an upside, they're not West Coast. So Oof. that was uh, imagine the West. imagine the Eagles insiders. They would be yeah, friends over Eagles insiders are doing hard tonight. Um, shout out to my mate Daniel Garb, who celebrated his big West Coast supporter, ABC broadcaster, who celebrated his 40th birthday at the SCG yesterday by commentating the worst oh, West Coast. Yuck. Loss. Good, football, good uh, round ball, well game man too, Daniel Garvey. He's a great man, Garvey. I felt desperately sorry for him as a way to celebrate a milestone birthday. Yeah, that's gross. That's been our match review pod. The recap article will be up sometime in the next 24 hours from the time you listen to this. Um, spaces on Wednesday night for another few weeks while there is Thursday night football. Um, and we look forward to Carlton, one of the tribal games for some of us. Insiders, this uh, there's not many games where it's personal, but uh, this one is a bit personal, so we hope for a better performance from the Hawks in this one. Um, thanks for the support, as always, five dollars a month, fifty dollars a year for great online Hawthorne content. We've got a couple of things we're doing. What, uh, my WhatsApp feed is full of designs and things, we're a little surprise of something for you guys that you might enjoy. Coming up before too long, so keep your eyes out for that. Um, a few more of the crew will join us, I'm sure, for the spaces midweek. Any last words, Danny, before we go? No, As let's just... up in well under an hour. Yeah, I know. It's clearly not yours or my fault, Ash. I think it's uh, it's Weesey and Daz's fault, and I think we can lay, lay the blame at their feet. Um, I think there's... the scoreboard had something to do with yeah, as well. Just a little bit. To be fair, I would have talked for hours if we had won this one. But um, uh, look... Um, fall back down to earth after the Lions game, um, but uh, not many teams coming off the bye, playing non-bye teams as well, have had a win. Um, so um, maybe it was to be expected. Um, hopefully they can bounce back and there's a response next week against the Blues. I don't have any issues with the Blues. I quite like Carlton, but I know that a lot of people, other than Brad Klebanski in our WhatsApp group who 
is a Blues fan, um, that most of the other um, Hawks insiders are not fans of the Carlton Football Club. So hopefully we can get that win for you, Ash, next week. Yeah. Um, that would be great. Uh, no, it would be it would be very good to win next week. But uh, we have seven days to anticipate that one. Um, thanks, everyone, for listening. And for your support, we'll talk to you on the Spaces on Wednesday night. Uh, we're putting this one to bed, and we suggest you do it as well. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to Hawks Insiders. Head to our Substack for more quality analysis, special features, news, interviews, and so much more.